Chapter 4 Part 1 Jerusalem, the Emanation of the Giant Albion This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nick Duncan Jerusalem, the Emanation of the Giant Albion by William Blake Chapter 4 Part 1 To the Christians Devils of false religions Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? I give you the end of a golden string, only wind it into a ball. It will lead you in at heaven's gate, built in Jerusalem's wall. We are told to abstain from fleshly desires, that we may lose no time from the work of the Lord. Every moment lost is a moment that cannot be redeemed. Every pleasure that intermingles with the duty of our station is a folly unredeemable, and is planted like a seed of a wild flower among our wheat. All the tortures of repentance are tortures of self-reproach, on account of our leaving our divine harvest to the enemy. The struggles of entanglement and the incoherent roots, I know of no other Christianity, and no other gospel than the liberty of both body and mind to exercise the divine arts of imagination. Imagination, the real and internal world, of which this vegetable universe is but a faint shadow, and in which we shall live in our eternal or imaginative bodies, when these vegetable, mortal bodies are no more. The apostles knew of no other gospel. What were all their spiritual gifts? What is the divine spirit? Is the Holy Ghost any other than the intellectual fountain? What is the harvest of the gospels and its labours? What is the talent which is a curse to hide? What are the treasures of heaven which we are to lay up for ourselves? Are they any other than the mental studies and performances? What are all the gifts of the gospel? Are they not all mental gifts? Is God a spirit who must be worshipped in spirit and in truth? And are not the gifts of the spirit everything to man? O ye religious, discountenance every one among you who shall pretend to despise art and science. I call upon you in the name of Jesus. What is the life of man but art and science? Is it meat and drink? Is it not the body more than the raiment? What is mortality but the things related to the body which dies? What is immortality but the things relating to the spirit which lives eternally? What is the joy of heaven but the improvement of things of the spirit? What are the pains of hell but ignorance, bodily lust, idleness and devastation of the things of the spirit? Answer this to yourselves, and expel from among you those who pretend to despise the labours of art and science, which alone are the labours of the gospel. Is not this plain and manifest to the thought? Can you think at all, and not pronounce heartily, that to labour in knowledge is to build up Jerusalem, and to despise knowledge is to despise Jerusalem and her builders? And remember, he who despises and mocks a mental gift in another, 
calling it pride and selfishness and sin, mocks Jesus, the giver of every mental gift, which always appear to the ignorance-loving hypocrite as sins. But that which is a sin in the sight of a cruel man is not so in the sight of our kind God. Let every Christian, as much as in him lies, exchange himself openly and publicly before all the world in some mental pursuit for the building up of Jerusalem. I stood among my valleys of the south, and saw a flame of fire, even as a wheel of fire surrounding all the heavens. It went from west to east against the current of creation, and devoured all things in its loud fury and thundering course round heaven and earth. By it the sun rolled into an orb, by it moon faded into a globe, travelling through the night. For from its dire and restless fury man himself shrunk up into a little root a fathom long. And I asked a watcher and a holy one its name. He answered, It is the wheel of religion. I wept and said, Is this the law of Jesus, this terrible devouring sword turning every way? He answered, Jesus died because he strove against the current of this wheel. Its name is Caiaphas, the dark preacher of death, of sin, of sorrow, and of punishment. Opposing nature, it is natural religion. But Jesus is the bright preacher of life, creating nature from his fiery law by self-denial and forgiveness of sin. Go therefore, cast out devils in Christ's name. Heal thou the sick of spiritual disease. Pity the evil, for thou art not sent to smite with terror and with punishments those who are sick, like the Pharisees, crucifying and encompassing sea and land, for proselytes to tyranny and wrath, but to the publicans and harlots go. Teach them true happiness. But let no curse go forth out of thy mouth to blight their peace, for hell is open to heaven. Thine eyes beheld the dungeons burst and the prisoners are set free. England, awake, awake, awake! Jerusalem thy sister calls. Why wilt thou sleep the sleep of death and close her from thy ancient walls? Thy hills and valleys felt her feet gently upon their bosoms move. Thy gates beheld sweet Zion's ways. Then was a time of joy and love. And now the time returns again, our souls exult, and London's towers receive the Lamb of God to dwell in England's green and pleasant bowers. Chapter 4 The Spectres over Albion's twelve sons, revolve mightily over the tomb and over the body, ravening to devour the sleeping humanity. Los, with his mace of iron, walks round. Loud his threats, loud his blows fall on the rocky spectres, as the potter breaks his potsherds, dashing in pieces self-righteousness, driving them from Albion's cliffs, dividing them into male and female forms in his furnaces and on his anvils, Lest they destroy the feminine affections, they are broken. Loud howl the spectres in his iron furnace. 
While Los laments at his dire labours, viewing Jerusalem sitting before his furnaces, clothed in sackcloth of hair. Albion's twelve sons surround the forty-two gates of Erin in terrible armour, raging against the Lamb and against Jerusalem. Surrounding them with armies to destroy the Lamb of God, they took their mother Vala, and they crowned her with gold. They named her Rahab, and gave her power over the earth, the concave earth round Golgonuza, in Intuthion Benithon, even to the stars exalting her throne, to build beyond the throne of God and the Lamb, and destroy the Lamb and usurp the throne of God, drawing their Ulro voidness round the fourfold humanity. Naked Jerusalem lay before the gates upon Mount Zion, the hill of giants, all her foundations levelled with the dust. Her twelve gates thrown down, her children carried into captivity, herself in chains. This from within was seen in a dismal night outside, unknown before in Beulah. And in the twelve gates were filled with blood, from Japan eastward, to the giant's causeway west in Erin's continent. And Jerusalem wept upon Euphrates' banks, disorganized in evanescent shade, scarce seen or heard among her children's druid temples, dropping with blood, wandered weeping. And thus her voice went forth into the darkness of Philistia. My brother and my father are no more. God hath forsaken me. The arrows of the Almighty pour upon me and my children. I have sinned, and I am an outcast from the Divine Presence. My tents are fallen in, my pillars are in ruins, my children dashed upon Egypt's iron floors, and the marble pavements of Assyria. I melt my soul in reasonings among the towers of Heshbon. Mount Zion is become a cruel rock, and no more dew, no rain, no more the spring of rocks appear but cold, hard, and obdurate to the furrows of the mountain of wine and oil. The mountain of blessing is itself a curse and an astonishment. The hills of Judah are fallen, with me into the deepest hell. Away from the nations of the earth, and from the cities of the nations, I walk to Ephraim. I seek for Shiloh. I walk like a lost sheep among the precipices of despair. In Goshen, I seek for light in vain, in Gilead for a physician and a comforter. Goshen hath followed Philistia, Gilead hath joined with Og. They are become narrow places in a little and dark land. How distant and far from Albion! His hills and his valleys no more receive the feet of Jerusalem. They have cast me quite away. And Albion is himself shrunk to a narrow rock in the midst of the sea. The plains of Sussex and Surrey, their hills of flocks and herds, no more seek to Jerusalem, nor to the sound of my holy ones. The fifty-two counties of England are hardened against me, as if I was not their mother. They despise me and cast me out. London covered the whole earth. England encompassed the nations, and all the nations of the earth were seen in the cities of Albion. My pillars reached from sea to sea, 
London beheld me come from my east and from my west. He blessed me and gave me his children to my breasts, his sons and daughters to my knees. His aged parents sought me out in every city and village. They discerned my countenance with joy. They showed me to their sons, saying, Lo, Jerusalem is here. She sitteth in our secret chambers. Levi and Judah and Issachar, Ephraim, Manasseh, Gad and Dan are seen in our hills and valleys. They keep our flocks and herds, they watch them in the night. And the Lamb of God appears among us. The river Severn stayed its course at my command. Thames poured his waters into my bosoms and baths. Medway mingled with Kishon. Thames received the heavenly Jordan. Albion gave to me the whole earth to walk up and down, to pour joy upon every mountain. To teach songs to the shepherd and ploughman, I taught the ships of the sea to sing the songs of Zion. Italy saw me in sublime astonishment. France was wholly mine, as my garden and my secret bath. Spain was my heavenly couch, I slept in his golden hills. The Lamb of God met me there. There we walked as in our secret chamber among our little ones. They looked upon our loves with joy. They beheld our secret joys with holy raptures of adoration, wrapped sublime in the visions of God. Germany, Poland and the North wooed my footsteps. They found my gates in all their mountains and my curtains in all their vales. The furniture of their houses was the furniture of my chamber. Turkey and Grecia saw my instruments of music. They arose, they seized the harp, the flute, the mellow horn of Jerusalem's joy. They sounded thanksgivings in my courts. Egypt and Libya heard. The swarthy sons of Ethiopia stood round the Lamb of God, inquiring for Jerusalem. He led them up my steps to my altar. And thou, America, I once beheld thee, but now behold no more thy golden mountains, where my cherubim and seraphim rejoiced together among my little ones. But now my altars run with blood, my fires are corrupt, my incense is a cloudy pestilence of seven diseases. Once a continual cloud of salvation rose from all my myriads. Once the fourfold world rejoiced among the pillars of Jerusalem, between my winged cherubim, but now I am closed out from them in the narrow passages of the valleys of destruction, into a dark land of pitch and bitumen. From Albion's tomb afar, and from the fourfold wonders of God, shrunk to a narrow doleful form in the dark land of Kabul. There is Reuben and Gad and Joseph and Judah and Levi, closed up in narrow veils. I walk and count the bones of my beloveds along the valley of destruction, among these druid temples which overspread all the earth in patriarchal pomp and cruel pride. Tell me, O Vala, thy purposes. Tell me wherefore thy shuttles drop with the gore of the slain. Why Euphrates is red with blood, wherefore in dreadful majesty and beauty outside appears thy masculine from thy feminine, hardening against the heavens to devour the human. 
Why dost thou weep on the wind among these cruel Druid temples? O Vala, humanity is far above sexual organization, and the visions of the night of Beulah, where sexes wander in dreams of bliss among the emanations, where the masculine and feminine are nursed into youth and maiden by the tears and smiles of Beulah's daughters, till the time of sleep is past. Wherefore then do you realize these nets of beauty and delusion in open day to draw the souls of the dead into the light? till Albion is shut out from every nation under heaven. Encompassed by the frozen net and by the rooted tree, I walk weeping in pangs of a mother's torment for her children. I walk in affliction. I am a worm going to eternal torment, raised up in a night to an eternal night of pain, lost, lost, lost forever. Beside her, Vala howled upon the winds in pride and beauty, lamenting among the timbrels of the warriors, among the captives in cruel holiness. And her lamenting songs were from Arnon and Jordan to Euphrates. Jerusalem followed trembling her children into captivity, listening to Vala's lamentation in the thick cloud and darkness. And a voice went forth from the cloud, O oh, rent in sunder from Jerusalem the harlot daughter. In an eternal condemnation, in fierce burning flames of torment unendurable. And if once a delusion be found, woman must perish, and the heavens of heavens remain no more. My father gave to me command to murder Albion in unreviving death. My love, my Louvain, ordered me in night to murder Albion, the king of men. He fought in battles fierce, he conquered Louvain, my beloved. He took me and my father, he slew them. I revived them to life in my warm bosom. He saw them issue from my bosom, dark in jealousy. He burned before me. Louvain framed the knife, and Louvain gave the knife to his daughter's hand. Such thing was never known before in Albion's land, that one should die a death and never to be revived. For in our battles we the slain men view with pity and love. We soon revive them in the secret of our tabernacles. But I, Vala, Louvain's daughter, Keep this body embalmed in moral laws, with spices of sweet odours, of lovely, jealous stupefaction, within my bosom, lest he arise to life and slay my Louvain. Pity me. Pity me then, O Lamb of God. O Jesus, pity me. Come into Louvain's tents, and seek not to revive the dead. So sang she, and the spindle turned furious as she sang. The children of Jerusalem, the souls of those who sleep, were caught into the flax of her dye-stuff, and in her cloud to weave Jerusalem a body according to her will, a dragon form on Zion Hill's most ancient promontory. The spindle turned in blood and fire, loud sound the trumpets of war, the cymbals play loud before the captains, with Campbell and Gwendolen in dance and solemn song the cloud of Rahab vibrating with the daughters of Albion. Los saw terrified, 
melted with pity and divided in wrath. He sent them over the narrow seas in pity and love, among the four forests of Albion, which overspread all the earth. They go forth and return swift as a flash of lightning, among the tribes of warriors, among the stones of power. Against Jerusalem they rage through all the nations of Europe, through Italy and Grecia, to Lebanon and Persia and India. The serpent temples through the earth, from the wide plain of Salisbury, resound to the cries of victims, shouts and songs and dying groans, and flames of dusky fire to Amalek, Canaan and Moab. And Rahab is like a dismal and indefinite hovering cloud, refused to take a definite form. She hovered over all the earth, calling the definite sin, defacing every definite form, invisible or visible, stretched out in length or spread in breadth, over the temples, drinking groans of victims, weeping in pity, and joying in the pity, howling over Jerusalem's walls. Hand slept on Skiddaw's tops, drawn by love of beautiful Campbell. His bright beaming counterpart divided from him, and her delusive light beamed fierce over the mountain, soft, invisible, drinking his sighs in sweet intoxication, drawing out fibre by fibre, returning to Albion's tree at night, and in the morning to Skiddaw. She sent him over mountainous wales into the loom of Cathedron fibre by fibre. He ran in tender nerves across Europe to Jerusalem's shade, to weave Jerusalem a body repugnant to the Lamb. Hyle on East Moor in rocky Derbyshire raved to the moon for Gwendolen. She took up in bitter tears his anguished heart, that apparent all in eternity glows like the sun in the breast. She hid it in his ribs and back. She hid his tongue with teeth, in terrible convulsions, pitying and gratified, drunk with pity, glowing with loveliness before him, becoming apparent according to his changes. She rolled his kidneys round into two irregular forms and looking on Albion's dread tree, she wove two vessels of seed, beautiful as Skiddaw's snow, giving them bends of self-interest and selfish natural virtue. She hid them in his loins, raving, he ran among the rocks, compelled into a shape of moral virtue against the lamb, the invisible, lovely one, giving him a form according to his law, a form against the Lamb of God, opposed to mercy, and playing in the thunderous loom in sweet intoxication, filling cups of silver and crystal with shrieks and cries and groans and dolorous sobs, the wine of lovers in the winepress of Louvain. O Sister Campbell, said Gwendolen, as their long beaming light mingled above the mountain, what shall we do to keep these awful forms in our soft bands, distracting with trembling? I have mocked those who refused cruelty, and I have admired the cruel warrior. I have refused to give love to Merlin the piteous. He brings to me the images of his love, and I reject in chastity, and turn them out into the streets for harlots to be food for the stern warrior. I am become perfect in beauty over my warrior, for men are caught by love, woman is caught by pride. 
that love may only be obtained in the passage of death. Let us look, let us examine. Is the cruel become an infant, or is he still a cruel warrior? Look, sisters, look, O oh, piteous, I have destroyed wandering Reuben, who strove to bind my will. I have stripped off Joseph's beautiful integument for my beloved, the cruel one of Albion, to clothe him in gems of my zone. I have named him Jehovah of Hosts. Humanity is become a weeping infant in ruined lovely Jerusalem's folding cloud. In heaven love begets love, but fear is the parent of earthly love. And he who will not bend to love must be subdued by fear. I have heard Jerusalem's groans. From Vala's cries and lamentations I gather our eternal fate. Outcasts from life and love. Unless we find a way to bind these awful forms to our embrace, we shall perish, annihilate, discovered our delusions. Look, I have wrought without delusion. Look, I have wept, and given soft milk mingled together with the spirits of flocks of lambs and doves, mingled together in cups and dishes of painted clay. The mighty Hyle is become a weeping infant. Soon shall the spectres of the dead follow my weaving threads. The twelve daughters of Albion, attentive, listen in secret shades on Cambridge and Oxford, beaming soft, uniting with Rahab's cloud, while Gwendolen spoke to Campbell, turning soft the spinning reel, or throwing the winged shuttle or drawing the chords with softest songs. The golden chords of the looms animate beneath their touches soft, along the island white, among the druid temples, while Gwendolen spoke to the daughters of Albion, standing on Skiddaw's top. So saying, she took a falsehood and hid it with her left hand, to entice her sisters away to Babylon on Euphrates. And thus she closed her left hand and uttered her falsehood. Forgetting that falsehood is prophetic, she hid her hand behind her, upon her back, behind her loins, and thus uttered her deceit. I heard Enitharmon say to Los, Let the daughters of Albion be scattered abroad, and let the name of Albion be forgotten. Divide them into three. Name them Amalek. Canaan and Moab, that Albion remain a desolation without an inhabitant, and let the looms of Enitharmon and the furnaces of Los create Jerusalem, and Babylon, and Egypt, and Moab, and Amalek, and Hela, and Hesperia, and Hindustan, and China, and Japan. But hide America, for a curse an altar of victims and a holy place. See, sisters, Canaan is pleasant. Egypt is the garden of Eden. Babylon is our chief desire. Moab, our bath in summer. Let us lead the stems of this tree. Let us plant it before Jerusalem to judge the friend of sinners to death without the veil, to cut her off from America, to close up her secret ark. And the fury of man exhaust in war, woman permanent remain. 
See how the fires of our loins point eastward to Babylon. Look, Hyle is become an infant love. Look, behold, let him lie upon my bosom. Look, here is the lovely wayward form that gave me sweet delight by his torments beneath my veil. By the fruit of Albion's tree I have fed him with sweet milk, by contentions of the mighty sacrifice of captives. Humanity, the great delusion, is changed to war and sacrifice. I have nailed his hands on Beth-Rabim, and his hands on Heshbon's wall. Oh, that I could live in his sight! Oh, that I could bind him to my arm! So saying, she drew aside her veil from the Mam-Tor to Dovedale, discovering her own perfect beauty to her daughters of Albion, and Hyle a winding worm beneath, and not a weeping infant. Trembling and pitying, she screamed and fled upon the wind. Hyle was a winding worm, and herself perfect in beauty. The deserts tremble at his wrath, they shrink themselves in fear. Campbell trembled in jealousy, she trembled, she envied. The envy ran through Cathedron's looms into the heart of mild Jerusalem, to destroy the Lamb of God. Jerusalem languished on Mount Olivet, east of mild Zion's hill. Los saw the envious blight above his seventh furnace, on London's tower on the Thames. He drew Campbell in wrath into his thundering bellows, heaving it for a loud blast. And with the blast of his furnace upon the fishy Billingsgate, beneath Albion's fatal tree, before the gate of Los, showed her the fibres of her beloved to ameliorate the envy. Loud she laboured in the furnace of fire to form the mighty form of hand according to her will. In furnaces of loss and in the winepress treading day and night, naked among the human clusters, bringing wine of anguish to feed the afflicted in the furnaces, she minded not the raging flames, though she returned instead of beauty, deformity. She gave her beauty to another, bearing abroad her struggling torment in her iron arms, and like a chain binding his wrists and ankles with the iron arms of love. Gwendolen saw the infant in her sister's arms. She howled over the forests with bitter tears, and over the winding worm repentant. And she also, in the eddying wind of Loss's bellows, began her dolorous task of love in the winepress of Louvain, to form the worm into a form of love by tears and pain. The sisters saw, trembling, ran through their looms, softening, mild, toward London. Then they saw the furnaces opened, and in tears began to give their souls away in the furnaces of affliction. Los saw and was comforted at his furnaces, uttering thus his voice, I know I am Uthona, keeper of the gates of heaven, and that I can at will expiate in the gardens of bliss. But pangs of love draw me down to my loins, which are become the fountain of veiny pipes. O Albion, my brother! Corruptibility appears upon the limbs, and never more can I rise and leave thy side. 
that labour here incessant till thy awakening. Yet alas, I shall forget eternity. Against the patriarchal pomp and the cruelty labouring incessant, I shall become an infant horror. Enion, Tharmas, friends, absorb me not in such dire grief. O Albion, my brother, Jerusalem hungers in the desert. Affection to her children, the scorned and condemned youthful girl, where shall she fly? Sussex shuts up her villages, Hants, Devon and Wilts, surrounded with the masses of stone in ordered forms. Determine when a form for Valor, and a form for Luvah. Here on the Thames, where the victim nightly howls beneath the Druid's knife. A form of vegetation, nail them down on the stems of mystery. Oh, when shall the Saxon return with the English, his redeemed brother? Oh, when shall the Lamb of God descend among the reprobate? I wooed Amalek to protect my fugitives. Amalek trembles, and I call to Canaan and Moab in my night watches. They mourn, they listen not to my cry, they rejoice among their warriors, Woden and Thor and Frigga, wholly consume my Saxons on their enormous altars built in the terrible north. From Ireland's rocks to Scandinavia, Persia, Tartary, from the Atlantic Sea to the universal Erythrean, found ye London, enormous city, weeps thy river, Upon his parent bosom lay thy little ones, O land forsaken. Surrey and Sussex are any Tharmon's chamber, Where I will build her a couch of repose, And my pillars shall surround her in beautiful labyrinths. Uthun, where hides my child? In Oxford hidest thou with Antarmon? In graceful hidings of error, in merciful deceit, Lest hand the terrible destroy his affection. Thou hidest her, in chaste appearances, for sweet deceits of love and modesty, In mingled, interwoven, glistening to the sickening sight. Let Campbell and her sisters sit within the mundane shell, Forming the fluctuating globe according to their will, According as they weave the little embryon nerves and veins, The eye, the little nostrils, and the delicate tongue and ears of labyrinthine intricacy. So shall they fold the world, that whatever is seen upon the mundane shell, the same shall be seen upon the fluctuating earth woven by the sisters. And sometimes the earth shall roll in the abyss, and sometimes stand in the centre, and sometimes stretch flat in the expanse, according to the veil, according to the will of the lovely daughters of Albion. Sometimes it shall assimilate with the mighty Golgonusa, touching its summits, and sometimes divided roll apart. As a beautiful veil, so these females shall fold and unfold, according to their will, the outside surface of the earth, an outside shadowy surface superadded to the real surface, which is an unchangeable for ever and ever. Amen. So be it. Separate Albion's sons gently from their emanations, weaving powers of delight on the current of infant Thames, where the old parent still retains his youth, as I, alas, retain my youth eight thousand and five hundred years.
the labourer of ages in the valley of despair. The land is marked for desolation, and unless we plant the seeds of cities and villages in the human bosom, Albion must be a rock of blood. Mark ye the points where the cities shall remain, and where the villages, for the rest. It must lie in confusion till Albany's time of awakening. Place the tribes of Llewellyn in America for a hiding place, till the sweet Jerusalem emanates again into eternity. The night falls thick. I go upon my watch. Be attentive. The sons of Albion go forth. I follow from my furnaces, that they return no more. That a place be prepared on Euphrates, listen to your watchman's voice. Sleep not before the furnaces, eternal death stands at the door. O God, pity our labours. So Los spoke to the daughters of Beulah, while his emanation, like a faint rainbow, waved before him in the awful gloom of London city on the Thames, from the Surrey Hills to Highgate. Swift turn the silver spindles, and the golden weights play soft and lulling harmonies beneath the looms, from Caithness in the north to Lizard Point and Dover in the south. His emanation joyed in the many weaving threads in bright Cathedron's dome, weaving the web of life for Jerusalem. The web of life down, flowing into Entuthon's veils, glistens with soft affections. While Los arose upon his watch, and down from Golgonooza, putting on his golden sandals to walk from mountain to mountain, he takes his way, girding himself with gold, and in his hand holding an iron mace. The spectre remains attentive. Alternate they watch in night, alternate labour in the day, before the furnaces labouring, while Los all night watches the stars rising and setting, and the meteors and terrors of the night. With him went down the dogs of Lutha at his feet. They lap the water of trembling Thames, then follow swift. And thus he heard the voice of Albion's daughters on Euphrates. Our father Albion's land. Oh, it was a lovely land, and the daughters of Beulah walked up and down in its green mountains. But Hand is fled away, and mighty Hyle, and after them Jerusalem is gone. Awake Highgate's heights and Hampstead's, to Poplar, Hackney and Bow, to Islington and Paddington, and the brook of Albion's river. We builded Jerusalem as a city and a temple. From Lambeth we begin our foundations, lovely Lambeth. O lovely hills of Camberwell, we shall behold you no more in glory and pride, for Jerusalem lies in ruins, and the furnaces of loss are builded there. You are now shrunk up to the narrow rock in the midst of the sea. But here we build Babylon on Euphrates, compelled to build and inhabit our little ones to clothe in armour of the gold of Jerusalem's cherubims, and to forge swords of her altars. I see London blind, an age bent, begging through the streets of Babylon, led by a child, his tears run down his beard. The voice of the wandering Reuben echoes from street to street. 
in all the cities of the nations, Paris, Madrid, Amsterdam. The corner of Broad Street weeps, Poland Street languishes, to Great Queen Street and Lincoln's Inn, all is distress and woe. The night falls thick, hand comes from Albion in his strength, he combines into a mighty one, the double Molech and Chemosh, marching through Egypt in his fury. The east is pale at his course, the nations of India, the wild Tartar that never knew man, starts from his lofty places and casts down his tents and flees away. But we woo him all the night with songs. O Los, come forth, O Los, divide us from these terrors, and give us power them to subdue. Arise upon their watches, let us see thy globe of power on Albion's rocks, and let thy voice be heard upon Euphrates. Thus sang the daughters in lamentation, uniting into one with Rahab, as she returned the iron spindle of destruction. Terrified at the sons of Albion, they took the falsehood which Gwendolen hid in her left hand. It grew and grew till it became a space, and an allegory around the winding worm. They named it Canaan, and built for it a tender moon. Los smiled with joy, thinking on any Tharmon, and he brought Reuben from his twelvefold wanderings, led him into it, planting the seeds of the twelve tribes, and Moses and David, and gave it a time and a revolution to the space, six thousand years. He called it divine analogy, for in Beulah the feminine emanations create space, the masculine create time, and plant the seeds of beauty in the space. Listening to their lamentation, Los walks upon his ancient mountains in the deadly darkness, among the furnaces directing his laborious myriads, watchful, looking to the east, and his voice is heard over the whole earth as he watches the furnaces by night and directs his laborers. And thus Los replies on his watch, the valleys listen silent, the stars stand still to hear. Jerusalem and Vala cease to mourn. His voice is heard from Albion. Alps and Apennines listen. Hermon and Lebanon bow their crowned heads. Babel and Shinar look toward the western gate. They sit down, silent at his voice. They view the red globe of fire in Los's hand as he walks from furnace to furnace, directing the labourers. And this is the song of Los, the song that he sings on his watch. O lovely mild Jerusalem, O Shiloh of Mount Ephraim, I see thy gates of precious stones, thy walls of gold and silver. Thou art the soft reflected image of sleeping man, who, stretched on Albion's rocks, reposes amidst his twenty-eight cities, where Beulah lovely terminates in the hills and valleys of Albion, cities not yet embodied in time and space. Plant ye the seeds, O sisters, in the bosom of time and space's womb, to spring up for Jerusalem, lovely shadow of sleeping Albion. Why wilt thou rent thyself apart, and build an earthly kingdom, to reign in pride, and to oppress, and to mix the cup of delusion, O oh, that thou dwellest with Babylon. Come forth, 
O lovely one. End of chapter four, part one.